You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus. dot com slash acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. It's showtime, folks! This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look at Goldberg! He's ready! Oh, hell yeah! It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. Oh, the classic Knives Row review. That's how we start. I like the fact that on Zoom, it's asked, are we playing music? <laughs> because we're so in tone. That's <laughs> it. thinks that we're stealing music. I, did you, so I see your beers are sealed. Have you been drinking through since last night? Mate, I have not. I stopped to do a little sleep. So we're recording this the day after we've done the Halloween Havoc 95 watch along, which we haven't seen yet, but you will have seen Well, well by the time we recorded it, you've heard it now. Yeah. You might have seen it now. Yeah, it's time is a construct of human perception. Yeah, the, the Christmas the, the Yeti debuted, and that meant that we had to get very drunk to make it tolerable. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we are here uh, to discuss the aftermath of that on the Cultaholic Classic Nitro review. But Sam Driver, WCW kid, here he is. There's his face. He, he and I were not alone. No, we're anymore. not. Not, not this because week, no. aliens. <laughs> they, we've never been alone in that regard. I haven't. Uh, we have ourselves a very special guest today because you've heard me banging on on the podcast previously. We have a beautiful scheme uh, for Patreon, whereby if you enjoy what we do, you can get involved and be a part of a classic review. And we are joined by one of our wonderful patrons from Cultaholic, the gorgeous Lou Marker. Hi, everyone. Hi. Hi, thanks for having me. Mate, it's an honour and or a privilege to have you on, sir. Yeah. Uh, how, how are you, sir? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you too. I'm very good, thank you. It feels it feels surreal. It feels like I'm kind of listening to the podcast, but then also you talk to me sometimes. Like, okay, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> in the podcast as well. It's, it's very you surreal. Inside yeah, you get, it. You get to put yeah. in, you get to slag us off. You get to do whatever you want. Cool. You're a member of the team now. There you go. I'm sure I won't be slacking you off, but (laughs) I I, I may slack WCW off at times, but... You you might do a little (laughs) bit. That's essentially what happens. (laughs) We slag them off a little, and then we, like, talk about, like, crisp packet giveaways in the (laughs) mid-90s, and it just derails from there. Like, remember when Walkers used to do the little blue packet with, like, a fiver in it? Oh, yeah! And there'd be, like, kids in your school would be like, I got 50 quid. (laughs) Like yep. just rolling up a ready in a pack of ready sorted crisps. That is very, very accurate. Yeah. So, Lou, what does what does the Christmas setup look like to you? Like, how ready are you for Christmas? Oh, I'm very set up. Like, I think the the angle you can see now is the only pack. There's my tree. There we oh. go. In the background. Oh, it's, it's lovely. Yeah. yeah, it's so much yeah. gorgeous Christmas. <laughs> it's been the same for about five or six years, but yeah, it's there. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, and then I've, I've got got a few lights lights around the flat. Oh, nice. All prepared. Yeah, I used to, it's, my, it's my birthday on Sunday. I used oh. to have a very strict rule of like no, no Christmas until my birthday. But as I've got older, <laughs> you've got to stretch out how long you haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> so you've, got to, you've got to enjoy it more. It feels like I barely get to see my tree when it goes up now because you see it when you get in from work, right? And real quick as you're leaving the flat in a hurry in the morning because you slept in. So I, yeah, I try and get it up at November 25th now. But this year I was just so busy. I'm still right now. I, you know, just got it up. So. Well, I've, I'm... I'm... Uh, <laughs> I'm the tree. Um, for me, I'm quite lucky because Alex gets mine up. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, my, my good lady. I, now, I made the mistake last year. We will talk about wrestling in a minute, I promise. Um, I made the mistake last year of as a nice surprise for Alex, just last year, fucking awful. Um, you can say fuck on this as well. Oh, good. I was, yeah. was going to ask, God, you take your lead. That's fine. Nah, yeah. You can fucking swear. It's fine. Um, I made the mistake last, because last year was so fucking awful. I thought, I've been a nice little treat for Alex, who's had a rough week. I'm going to put the tree up while she's at work. And then she comes out, surprise, Christmas trees. You've done it wrong. She waited about four days before saying, before saying, I'm really sorry. It's really sweet what you've done. It's just things aren't in the right place. And it's really bugging me. At least she didn't come home like, Tom, I've bought an all new tree, which was on the living room. We'll just put yours in the downstairs bathroom. Yeah, we'll just put it in the yeah. bin for the, for the people who live near our area. Um, so this year, I did the right thing and let Alex put up the tree. Yes. While I was, I yeah. was very kind. I went to work <laughs> yeah. and she came home and she put, I, I, I assembled the, the, the bare bones of the tree. And then Alex just cracked on to do the decorations. But I came home, the house was very festive. I was like, this is a better way around. I thought it, I thought I was doing something nice. If anything, I did it wrong because Alex says, I love putting the tree up and I hate putting the tree up. I see. I love so, putting the tree up. Oh, yeah. if I, if someone sold a tree, which you went, boop, <laughs> they do. They do a pop-up one now. They, they they started off as really rudimentary, you know, like pop-up tents, and they were yes. all kind of shit nylon with some lights woven through them. But now they've got to a point where it's kind of... It's still that underneath, mm. but with actual, you know, fake branches and everything coming out oh, that are dense that. enough to cover the little pop-up tent. So you just put it into, like, a big flat disc, put it away for the year, and then... I want that! I need this because hands down the worst part of the artificial tree is just getting the branches started out. You know, you stick it in the loft and then good. it's there and then you, you you sit it out and let it settle. But then you remember it's an artificial tree. It's not yeah. going to sell. It's exactly how you left it. So you've got to do every branch separately. That's that's the worst part for me. Yeah, but you, you get it there and then you're like, okay, I think that's good. And then you you have a cup of tea and you look back at the tree and it's like, Oh, it's really sparse. <laughs> it's like, I need to just... And you end up spending hours just bending and twisting and turning everything just to try and film. Because with me especially, I mean, I live in a flat. I I, I really want real trees. Mm. But I'm up three flights of stairs. Fuck Dragon Ball. <laughs> there. Yeah. So I, I was like, I just need a cheap and cheerful tree. Found a really good looking one on Amazon. And it was like, Fair yeah. Much. And that was the first mistake. Because it arrived and it was like a stick that you could visibly see and just like... <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> that's that sounds like that sounds like hassle yeah. i'll tell you what isn't hassle sitting here with lovely people watching the rest that's right and what's nice is sam is we are actually in the presence of somebody who knows a little bit of shit about wcw i'm yeah. not talking about you I'm talking about lewis who actually kicked off a podcast during lockdown I did, yes. And, um, and, and and bless you. We've had some emails back and forth, and there's, there's two that, that made me smile. One was 
Um, I had to explain to my boss why I needed random days off. He thought I was going for another job. Yeah. <laughs> and was relieved when I told him it was a podcast. It, it was just last, you know, last minute when I'm like, can I change that day off from Friday to, to Wednesday <laughs> afternoon, please? Like, what, what are you doing? Um, so it's a, it's that's mis- what I do tonight, team, as well. I'm like, anyone books a slight day off, I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Where are you, where are you going? Oh, <laughs> so, um, why are you in a suit? So, yeah. Mr. Myers, congratulations <laughs> on your new job. Um, uh, but Lewis also started a podcast during lockdown, and you said, oh, would you mind if we give it a little cheeky mention? I was like, yeah. mate, go for sure. it. Go for it. Yeah, oh, thank you, Dad, for time to shine, I guess. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's like crazy diamonds. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's called Wrestling Around. And we started, like... You know, when we thought lockdown would be a couple of weeks, um, and it was something to do because I do it with my mates. So we, I got to a whole city with, and we're like, we're going to miss the next couple of games. So it's Saturday at three o'clock, we'll just sit and talk about wrestling instead of watching the football, which is hands down more enjoyable now we're even back at the football. Uh, so yeah, it's it's wrestling around. It's on all the usual podcast places. Um, we've got a Twitch TV forward slash wrestle around, um, and uh, yeah, Twitter wrestle around. But we just kind of. We've got no real theme other than we just do classic pay-per-views from the EU or like from the from the month. So like we've just done this Tuesday in Texas. You've just um, done this Tuesday oh, in Texas, this haven't morning. you? Yeah. And then nice. um But you do a little bit of uh, new stuff as well. I know the last one you did, you were talking about like the the contract expiring in WWE and so you yeah. you, you dip in a little bit to yeah, so we we, we, we used to have kind of like one long show, but then my mum told me it was it was too long. Um, so we your mom's your shows, great. basically, yeah. <laughs> She's like, it's a nice, but it's a bit a bit, a bit long, a bit bit sweary. It's, it's three hours this week, so we split it into two. <laughs> I just, I decided a long time ago my mum wasn't the target audience for these, and it cut, and I immediately improved the quality of my acts. <laughs> yeah, but but so where can people find it? So it's everywhere you get podcasts from. I know it's on i what was iTunes, yeah, iTunes, podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Podcast, um, yeah, on 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 Aircast. So wherever you can find Cultaholic, you can find us. Basically, yeah, we've just followed your footsteps. Yeah, so Spotify. You on Google Podcasts? I believe so. Are you on you Yahoo can... Podcasts? If that's a thing, we're on it. Are you I on Libsyn? Deezer. Um, can we get you on know. LimeWire? Are you on Napster? Napster? <laughs> 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 uh, are you are you on Wormdo? I've never heard of Wormdo. That's the the one maybe we're missing. Never that would kind of. Increase no, our listenership. I have no idea what that is. What's what? Oh, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not, I've just worked it out. I just worked it out. What do you You're mean? You're not catching me what out with what's a worm do. He wriggles along the yeah. ground like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you sly bastard. Great red dwarf gag. Oh. Uh, so recently, I know that Lewis on Wrestling Around, Wrestling Around, Wrestling Around, um, watched Halloween Havoc. Mm-hmm. So you went through a similar similar joy to us. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's simultaneously my my least favorite and also favorite wrestling pay-per-view of all time, I think. It's I we were trying to do a tier list at the end of last year when we were kind of we got like a year into the podcast. And we kind of put that in the, the bottom tier of shows and then by the end of the show we'd actually moved it to number one <laughs> because it was like short deserves a little bit. It's just that, the which... standing humping, the the, the underrated yeah. moments that do occur throughout, but mainly just the absolute disaster of yeah. that. I mean, Christ, the monster truck match. Uh, that's silly. My, my favorite part of the, of the monster truck bit is where they're kind of right at the beginning where they're going at it, and then Hogan just stops and goes, winner, brother, all the rules. And then just they explain the rules. <laughs> that's like 
Possibly one of my favourite moments of wrestling, to be honest. It was, just, it was brilliant. Here are the rules. It's, it's how this moustacheless Hogan era is just fantastic. Yeah. Like when he shoves him off the roof and he whips out, he's like, <laughs> We need a doctor! So let's go back to that fable year. So this is the Monday after. This is 24 hours removed from the near death at Kobo Hall, the night of a thousand heel turns. They got the hell out of Detroit quick after the murder, they didn't they? They pegged it out of Detroit. <laughs> Even though he was alive, something died that night. His twin brother, we established. Oh that. yes, we did. It was it was Keith White. No, Keith White's the one that went off the roof. Oh, Paul's the one. That oh, came Paul's in. all right. Yeah. I get it now. Jesus. I get it. Uh, we are in. We are thirtieth of October, nineteen ninety-five, at the U.S. box office. Mortal Kombat is still number one. Do 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 do. Uh, at the U.S. box office, as that's the U.K. box office. U.S. box offices get shorty. Okay, it's yeah. All right, so on in there. Coolio Gangster's Paradise, still number one. It's top of the pops. And in the US charts, Mariah Carey Fantasy enjoyed its fifth week at number yeah, one. Yeah, Gangster's Paradise. Uh, I mentioned this on the uh, show, the, the corresponding Raw review with Jatkins. Uh, in the gaming world this week, Destruction Derby came out for the PlayStation 1. Oh, what a game. And is, it was, is it, uh, is, oh, what's the name? Is it like Psygnostics or whatever? The, the... Psygnosis. Psygnosis. They're, they the were based owl in, people. They were based in Newcastle, weren't they? A Gateshead. Ooh. Because they're the people that made, uh, they made that terrible bloody motorbike game. Where Sumo Games is now? I, d- I don't know. Sumo but I think they were over toward the Metro Center, if it, if it is indeed them. Because obviously we have Ubisoft Reflections. And they gave the world driver. But I, 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 this um, was like another company. There's a coffee shop I used to go to, and the lady who's kept serving me left one day. And it was her last, she was like, oh, you're serving, you're coming in, it's my last day. I was like, oh, no, where are you going? I'm going to work for Ubisoft. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was like, this is really cool. And I remember saying, we should stay in touch because I'm intrigued to work at Ubisoft. So I've got, I've got number and email and stuff. And I thought, well, that's weird. And that woman? Was Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Look at her now. She's so famous. She made it. She made the game from the ground up. No, she just is. She's, She's Assassin's a, she Creed. She is Assassin's Creed. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That no. farty noise, by the way, was this. Whatever. Just. just oh, no, it won't uh, do it. Oh, we won't do it again. Hold Funny on, that. Hold on. Mm. <laughs> Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad you're here, Lewis? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ross wasn't this bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so also, right, and I love this, yes. so I'm mentioning it again because I'm fascinated by this game. It is a stream for 2022, no doubt. This week, an MS-DOS point-and-click game came out called I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream. Well, I'm going to get on that. Is mm. it Scumbian? Oh, I'm going to have to go and look for it. Have either of you heard of this then? No. I've right. not heard of that. Okay, let me tell you what it's all about, Alfie. It takes place in a dystopian world where a mastermind artificial intelligence named AM has destroyed all of humanity except for five people whom he has been keeping alive and torturing for the past 109 years by constructing metaphorical adventures based on each character's fatal flaws. The player interacts with the game by making decisions through ethical dilemmas that deal with issues such as insanity, paranoia, and genocide. Wow. Wow. It sounds like, yeah. It sounds like a mess, and I love it. A complete mess, but there's like elements... uh... In that the idea of the kind of rogue AI controlling a, a group of people, like that's the beneath the steel sky kind of deals with that. Mm. In the point and click, but I, I I love point and click. I might have to go have a look at that. 
I thought you were going to say the aim was just to get a mouth. Like, I, I don't know how that would work. Like, you just had to find the mouth. Like, pull one off somebody. Yeah. Tap S to scream. You've done it. Well done. But really, there's a pen. There's actually a pen in the first level. And if you just draw a smiley, you, that's it. Game over. Complaint for nine days. Um, also, fun celebrity world fact. Okay. Four days from this night, Kendall Jenner will be born. I don't, I'm not quite sure who she is. One of the Kardashians. Yeah, but like, not I'm not Kardashian quite sure who any of Bruce them are. I know that they're famous. Formerly Bruce Jenner. For being famous. Yeah, it's pretty much. But Kendall is... Is Kendall the one with the, the Pepsi advert who solved... Oh, she racism? solved, yeah, yeah, she solved all the <laughs> society's <laughs> yeah. yeah, Yeah. That was her or Kylie. Possibly Kendall Jenner. Yeah, I, that was it. Everybody was angry. Until I, get, like, I wasn't Kelly. But I, like, I know they're famous for being reality TV stars, but it's like, but how did they get to be reality TV? I don't understand it. Because Bruce Jenner was a, a, a sports athlete. Well, I, I, I know that. And, and, and her, her dad was O.J. Simpson's lawyer, wasn't And it? her dad yeah. was O.J. Simpson's yeah. lawyer. But then why are they famous? Lawyer, case in the history. It, it's just cra- it's like when you go and you click on MTV these days, and it's like I don't know who any of these people are. Like I don't think I've ever heard a BTS song, but it's all I see when I go on Twitter. Oh, you probably have. Yes. But then, yeah, it could be one of those things where I've heard one, but I just didn't know it was them. There's a, there's a Google there's a Google Hub advert that keeps popping up on my on YouTube when I do the adverts. Right. You'd always let the adverts roll on YouTube. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it and it's BTS's song Butter. It's very distinctive. It's a great radio. Butter, butter, butter. <laughs> Smooth butter. like butter. I'm doing it. It's oh, are I'm you so playing sorry. music? <laughs> I'm so Thanks, sorry Zoom. to anybody who's into BTS. I'm, they, they sound fascinating. I'm just too old. For the this biggest shit. bands on the but, but for radio friends amongst us, BTS is like butter. It's a plenty of bastards. BTS butter makes a great. Radio bed for talking over. Oh, it's a nice and chill. Yeah, that's good. Well, it's just, just got a nice like, energy to it. I, mm. I use it on the regular. Good. Mm. So BTS are a thing. So that's that's the real world. Bugger that. It's all about wrestling. Ratings are in for last week. Raw 2.2. Nitro 2.6. We're back in the lead. Um, in my my uh, my loyalty wavers <laughs> from week to week. <laughs> Yeah, you're you're a go between. I just depend on the quality of the show, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm WCW till I die. <laughs> in an All old the company dies, whichever comes first. <laughs> and there's um back in the day when I used to do, uh, I'll give you a little insider. And I used to do stuff on Heart, so we'd have a thing where you could do a split link. We covered the northeast, so like Newcastle, Sunderland, and the top of Durham, and then we cover the south, which is Teesside, uh, Darlington, and the rest the of borough. County Durham, the borough of the borough. Um, and you could do links specifically for those areas, which was great when like there was a big bit of travel news that Newcastle wouldn't be asked about, but was fucking shutting when down. You, when T-side. you would do the link for Teesside, would you start by going, hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, was, that was like all I heard whenever it was at uni. You're out, you're out in you're, you know, just out milling around Middlesbrough and somebody needed to get somebody's attention. It was just hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean everybody had the same sound. It was amazing. It's pretty accurate, to be fair. <laughs> but what I do on the odd, on the odd occasion when it'd be like Newcastle versus Borough or Sunderland versus Borough, I'd do two links. And the top link would be Sunderland going to smash Borough in the local derby this weekend. In the oh, south, Borough no. going to smash Sunderland. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, Complete you, cunt, mate. Feel <laughs> <over to me. laughs> 
You bastard. Getting yeah. their hopes up. They're like, oh, that Tom's a good lad, isn't he? He's a good lad. He's a Borough Tom, fan. He's a Borough fan. Borough good fan. If anyone asks, I always ask for blind One of them has a trip up the galleries one weekend. You get caught out. Oh, I just got to be you careful. You think that through, didn't Better you? Better not wear my Borough top at the galleries. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, uh, a bit of news from the wrestling world this week. So, Giant Gonzalez is is not coming in. Now, Lou, you've just watched Halloween Havoc, so you've just watched the debut of... Um, do you know the story behind Giant Gonzalez in Dub C Dub? Are you familiar? Uh, or would you like me to... Not, I remember him in 90... I don't remember him because I was only one at the time, but I remember him in 91. <laughs> was he, he was around, wasn't he? He was. Or so, the, from this era. so the fun story here is that Gonzalez was going to come in and do WCW. He was hired to be the Yeti. That was the plan. Which, you know, well, the, the big muscle painted mm-hmm. suit. You could see them maybe making it a bit more animalistic or something. But yeah. So that, yeah. so that was the plan. We were going to get the Yeti at Halloween Havoc, but they wanted to debut him the week before, Nitro. However, uh, he had issues getting into America, did Gonzalez. So they went, all right, as long as you're here by next week, we will have, so we've got somebody else, roughly the same height as you. His name is Ron Reese, and we'll put him in the Yeti outfit, and then you'll be here for the pay for you. That'll be fine. So that's what they did. On Wednesday before Halloween Havoc, uh, Giant Gonzalez is hospitalized. He's in the country, but he gets put in hospital for numerous physical problems with his legs and his back. And then, according to the Wrestling Observer, goes AWOL. No one can find him. <laughs> and they're like, shit, we've. Ron, do you want to come and be the Yeti again? <laughs> do you think he saw the debut of Ron as the Yeti and went, ah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> sorry. You know I'm, I'm good. I never thought of it like that, but he very well might have done. He just sat in hospital, whaps on nitro. You what? <laughs> Turns it off, goes dark, that's it. But this runs a, this runs a lot deeper than the issue with that pay-per-view because they had big plans for uh, Giant Gonzalez at World War Three, which as they announced could, at Halloween Havoc. Yeah, but as you could imagine, you know, you're going to bring in somebody who's over that seven-foot mark or there mm-hmm. or thereabouts. It's always something... Like, especially in this era, it's a spectacle, right? I mean, you know, back then it would be like, look how tall he is. And that was, you know, you kind of see it every now and then with people like Omos. Mm-hmm. But you, you never really expected anything but absolute amazing spots for them because it was the 90s and you were just used to, oh, big guy, world title. Yeah, that was but it. Not and that they'd was... give him the world title, but, you know, he'd be a featured player. But they were going to make him a featured player in World War Three, which was WCW's big Royal Rumble beater, 90 man three not rings just one ring. ring not just two rings three rings and also wwf at this point true story we're shitting a brick about this because they were like this is like bigger than the rumble well we said it we we're said d- it we're doomed we said it on the- until they saw it i imagine like, yeah, yeah. they saw it but you made a good point when about sort of when you saw it yeah because like as a kid it was like oh my god three rings this is amazing this is unreal and when you're a kid it's just like i want you to win yeah and, you know you just you don't really analyze it uh but from a sheer perspective of how much floor space is that taking up the triangular setup is the best way i guess because it centralizes it rather than having a long row of three rings but then it, it still takes up so much space. And then it's very confusing. It's never really quite clearly explained as World War Three goes on, which we'll get to eventually. Mm-hmm. It all just kind of happens. And as a kid, I thought it was the best thing ever because it was like three whole rings. As an adult, it's like, what the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> Imbeciles. Like, yeah, what's this? I just mess. watched the uh, the 96 session. It's I, I, my 
biggest issue with it, and I had the issue with the war game stuff as well. If you're sat ringside at one of the rings and the match is happening but the other side of the arena, what are you this paying is it. for? It's like even even to this day with the NXT like war games, and, and you're if you are sat front row and you're like, I really can't wait to see this match. I can't yeah. wait to see this match, and it's not the war games match. You're just super excited for one of the undercard matches or whatever. And then it happens in the ring. You've paid all this money for, you know, front row seats and it happens in the next ring over and you can't really get a clear view. Exactly. But either way, they're persevering. But the plan was they wanted to do this gimmick where they had a giant in every ring. So the plan was going to be to have the giant in one of the rings and to have giant Gonzalez in another ring. Mm-hmm. As the Yeti, and then have somebody else in the third. Who did, who did they say was going to be the third? But um, but here's the but the issue with that is they're going to have three. So Giant Gonzalez is now not going to be part of that mix. Yeah. So they are considering their options for who could be the other giant in the match. Um, there's two top considerations at the moment, and they are both fucking mind blowing. Um, Paul Bunyan. Uh, who is a giant from Canada? He he was. I thought you just meant the mythical figure, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wrestled. This is the Canadian giant he's now known as, but he wrestled as Paul Bunyan. Uh, and Dave Meltzer says he's seven foot one with no charisma. So he's a consideration at this point because they are panicking. The other is Giant Haystacks. Whoa! Amazing. Oh! gonna happen yes it's gonna happen giant haystacks he could he could he's he's in the he's in the to be like not long after this yeah. oh we fucking yeah. Ness. Oh. Ness. Christ. but at this point they are they are courting giant haystacks I'm just amazed they didn't just think shit one of the harris twins in a pair of lifts <laughs> by the time we get to late wcw it's just hey harris twins fucking throw <laughs> harris twins they just throw them in we need to harris twins, <laughs> harris twins. Is that an SS? Don't worry about it, Harris Twins. <laughs> <laughs> so we it's I mean Harris Twins is a great idea. Yeah. Um, but not as good as giant no, fucking haystacks, who who is so beyond his prime at this point, it's not even funny, but was a name on the British scene, and WCW were keen to make more progress in the England. So I, I guess you have him. I get it. And at the time, you know, the British indie scene wasn't what it is today, but it, it's stuff like this. I It's weird because I don't think America understands that, you know, we're, we're not all big daddy fans. And if you listen to people you. like Bruce Pritchard, uh, he goes on about his stint with TNA and it's like, oh, I was there in 2009 over in the UK and they were all asking, is Big Daddy going to be on the cup? Where they fuck? Where they <laughs> fuck, Bruce? Just honestly, like... Who's there at a fucking TNA show with Kurt Angle and AJ Styles and Chris Daniels to go in? I know Big who. Daddy here. I, I guarantee everyone's parents asked that afterwards. That, Did you have a good that, time <laughs> with Big Daddy there? Lou's Lou, Lou, hit the nail on the head. Yeah. That's who was asking Bruce. Hey, it's Big Daddy here. It's, I, it's Big Daddy I, here. When he said that on his podcast, I can't remember which episode it was, but he said it on the podcast. And I just paused it and I was like, we're not idiots. We're not. <laughs> we're not. It's Big Daddy. He's not wrestling anymore. Come Big on, Daddy. He was over like Rover. Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, he carried as weird as it is to say, given the level of sportsmanship and uh, the advancements in in lightweight wrestling that the UK generated with World of Sport. He was just above all of it, and all he did was stand there shouting easy, belly pushes like, to shouting yeah. easy, and it, it it got over, man. And oh. his, his, his singlet was made out of his couch. 
Literally, his Was wife it? cut the back off the couch, no. made a singlet. Yeah. Oh, that's so lovely! I know <laughs> and that idea. Pushed the couch up against the wall. I wouldn't sit on his sofa. <laughs> <laughs> Just for multi, multi, <laughs> when he needs the material, they take the old stuff back and stitch it back on. It's the big sweat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are in Dayton, Ohio for WCW Nitro. Bischoff, Heenan, and Mongo are on commentary. Pepe is in a witch's hat and bat wings. That's it's right. Adorable. It's very Halloween y themes. And Mongo keeps just <laughs> making his wings flat. <laughs> um, Mongo, they, they, are, they are talking about the shock from last night's Halloween Havoc, and they say there's going to be some footage that you're going to see soon of the most shocking thing from the night. The big tease for this episode of Nitro is the footage from last night. But as a kid who didn't get pay-per-views, mm. this is how I caught up on stuff. These were really exciting, even though they were kind of nothing episodes. Because you'd be like, oh, what happened? And you'd see maybe 30 seconds of footage from the night before. But, but here's the thing, right? They are talking about n- not the giant falling off the roof. They are talking about Randy Savage getting an injury. Yes. That's the big talking point at the start of a night where we saw multiple heel turns, a man thrown off the roof, <laughs> and the Yeti fucking turning up. Well, we've got to talk about Savage hurting his arm. Well, they've been they've been kind of on a bit of a run, though, haven't they, over the last few episodes Man, of Nitro, telling have. a bit of a story of Savage... Maybe not quite being the savage we're used to, the savage that we, we used to know. Like, you know, he's he's been shown to be more vulnerable in recent weeks. So maybe it's just quickly get it out of the way ahead of time, get Savage's info out there because he's not really important to the episode. Mm. Mention it, crack on. I guess as well, because Savage was meant to be in our opening match as yeah. well. Uh, it's Sergeant Craig Pitbull Pitman uh, not taking on Randy Savage. And apparently the match that he won... On the pre-show for Halloween Havoc, guaranteed him a match against Savage. Yeah, so he worked. Was it Disco? Um, uh, no, it was on, IRS. On it was Michael was Wall IRS. Street. Yeah. Michael Wall Street. I keep calling him IRS, but he's <laughs> not anymore. Uh, but tonight he's not facing Randy Savage. Substituting in. I mean, this is great. This is like. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I haven't got the. I haven't got three pounds. I've got a tenner, but keep the change. Um, Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. <laughs> And they, the, the weird thing is when you're watching back this match, they just constantly, this young star, this young rising star. And yeah. it's like, man, like you can't even, to be there and see that you're so lucky. But like to look at Eddie there, he, as good as he is, and be like, man, one day he's going to be a, a really big deal. Like he's going to be the biggest deal in the world. It's he's crazy. Number one guy. Yeah. Um, Pittman tries to Greco-Roman wrestle and overpower Guerrero, which he does to an extent. Uh, commentators are saying that Guerrero is in bother here because uh, he's a high flyer and not the, old, a the old left arm and issue. He, and he's got, and there's an injury to his left arm as well, yeah. but he's resting, but Savage isn't coward. Savage. <laughs> um, Pittman outclasses initially until Guerrero hits a lovely waistlock take now and gets proper into it. Um, he work, and then Pittman works over Guerrero's arm for a big part of this, as you say, the injury. Um, he's getting primed for code red, which is his submission finisher, which he yeah. uses to wear to wear the arm properly down. Bischoff spends most of this match hyping up the footage from Halloween Havoc. Any moment now, we're going to see the footage. But we know we know yeah. the deal. We know the deal, right? You know, if, if Hogan is not on screen and Hogan has not been mentioned, then why? Where's Hogan? Yeah, where is Yeah, it, it is a thing with WCW, isn't it? Where it's whatever's happening in the ring. Yeah. They're talking about they're talking about the main event. It's almost I'm, like 
It's almost like the so AEW sure. dark commentary, but just constantly, isn't yeah. it? Just, we're just talking about anything other than... I was what's so sure happening. we were just going to cut away from this to just footage of the monster truck match because they were really pushing the urgency. It's like, the second we have that footage, we're going to show it. And they're, they're still just chain wrestling. And it's like, oh, don't cut Eddie Guerrero off. Don't cut Eddie Guerrero off for a bit of a shove around with some monster trucks, please. Oh, they, they didn't, thankfully. Uh, and we carried on the match. Pittman has some lovely suplexes. Pittman looks all right here. We've we've yeah. given him a bit of grief for the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's wrestling on TV. He can't be that, like, you know. Wow. <laughs> he can't be... <laughs> he can't be terrible, terrible. Uh, you know? Yeah, it's can't right. be that He's bad. fine. He's at him and Eddie are having a lovely time. Uh, just bland. Guerrero gets a modified victory roll and a genuine shock three count mm-hmm. to win the, the thing. The roll's awesome because it's springboard, right? He springboards mm. into it. And then he kind of lands backwards against the, the torso of his opponent. And then it's just a direct roll through. And it, it's just awesome. It's nice. Anything really, can happen. Really really WCW. Yeah. What did I, you love the react- I love the reaction he got for the... Um... It was just a springboard crossbody, and it's big these days. You see it every week, but that crowd went mental for it going, because there's a guy jumps up and he's yeah. like, and it's like it's a crossbody. I just think we have like a full family in pink, just all jumping up at the same time on the top left hand. But it's yeah. like I'd, I'd love to go back to that era where it's like you see that every week now. So you, it would just be a polite applause now that that move. Oh, yes, that, that, that was yeah, what's, like, what's what's next? Like do a six bay, but back then it was just. And, I mean, we'll see it when Sabu comes across as well. Oh, the God, slightest yeah. thing that's slightly different. Everyone just goes mental for it. I love it. Like, yeah, it feels like I, they keep talking about the cruiserweight division. And, and if I was a, if I was a lapsed fan at this point, so I wasn't watching anything. Yeah. So all of this is all new to me, which is great. Um, but like, I would be really excited by this. Like, this is a really cool, fresh new style of wrestling. I like it. Give me more, please, mother. Um, Anyway, we need to move into something a little bit more uh, of the time. We get the story behind Scott Norton and the shark, John Tenter. You think you're special? <laughs> you do. <laughs> it's a story <laughs> that goes all the way back to September 11th and then wasn't mentioned again until last week. <laughs> it wasn't mentioned in over a month, but this is a clearly deeply rooted story. Grunt. They they cut to the locker room, don't they? Like during the main event, they're just having a scuffle. Like on last week's Nitro, they're just like, Ugh! and it's like a pull apart with inexplicable people like Jimmy Hart just like, what are you doing? <laughs> referencing you cost me a match when <laughs> over a month ago. I'm only now annoyed by it. Had they been on telly since? Is one of them no! just like not, not been there? Like, <laughs> oh, remember, like, I like maybe you should sat there seen it for seven match. weeks. <laughs> oh wait, no, I don't even think that. Did Shark and Sting happen? Shark and Sting. I Shark's been yeah. on. He Shark got over on. it. Norton hasn't since we started. <laughs> no, Norton was on the first Nitro. Yeah, Norton yeah. was on this yeah. the second Nitro. Um, yeah, that was it. Because Nitro, because he got into a shoving match with Savage that led to a match with Savage. He then got into a shoving match with Shark. Maybe Norton only gets matches if he shoves people. He's just he likes his personal space, guys. <laughs> Don't get too close to him. Um that's the so we get the story behind it again. Just weird how it's like back on September 11th, these two had a fallout, and now we've decided to mention it again. <laughs> two pay per views have passed, and now it's time to, <laughs> to get deeply into the grudge. Um, Eddie Guerrero, a bit of Eddie Guerrero news before we move on, by the way. Um, yeah. Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, <laughs> according to Dave Meltzer of The Observer, virtual locks. 
to stay in WCW after their 90-day current agreement expires. Guerrero has cancelled his tour of New Japan in December, which is given the indication that he's going to stick around with WCW because it was kind of like a trial basis thing, something similar to what WWE want to do now. Now. Because yeah. they hire so many fucking people and they've got to pay them for months on end. Yeah, they get real bad buyer's remorse when they realise it's them that can't come up with anything good rather than the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they, the idea being that they kind of want to have almost like how in a normal job you would have like a, what's it called, the first three months of the job? Yeah, probation. Probation, yeah. yeah. Basically all the WWE guys in 2022 are going to be on probation when they come in. Yeah. As a probationary period, you'll have a meeting with the manager to see how well you're performing, basically. <laughs> Um, and that's kind of what they're doing here. Um, where were you? Like, I know you've watched Halloween Havoc '95 recently for for wrestling around, Lou. But yeah, um, like as a fan, were you watching in real time at this point? <laughs> no. So my WCW story is like I didn't. I started watching wrestling like on holiday somewhere where I just I think it was just WWF was on. I don't really know what it was. I remember Undertaker and Mankind being there, and it was like, oh look, wrestling's on the telly, and it was Channel Five. And for the longest time, up until about a year ago, I could have sworn I was watching Nitro on the weekly on a Friday night. <laughs> Turns out it was worldwide. Um, so I have no real idea. I, I was watching all the storylines. I can't remember when it started on, on Channel 5 at the time. Was it 99, 2000? It's got to have been, yeah. Um, with it, was, the, it was past its peak, I think. Wow, and the boot with the chair shots and everything. Yeah, so as a yeah. child, because we, we didn't have Sky, so I was kind of watching wrestling through worldwide on a Friday and then Sunday night heat on whatever time it was on on, yeah. on a Sunday. So I don't really know how I managed to keep up with it and how I'm still a fan, <laughs> to be honest, because I've seen all these undercard matches <laughs> and just random glimpses of storylines. Like, If I just I think keep I was, watching one day, it'll be good. Yeah, it was that far behind. I, I, thought, I thought Goldberg was like undefeated well into the year 2000, probably the recent <laughs> year's finish. Um, He's still going. I think a lot of wrestling yeah. fans were like yourself, Lou. Who just all they had was worldwide, yeah, to keep them right, yeah. And worldwide, actually, near the end of its time, was one of the highest rated wrestling shows in the UK. Like, nice. the, the Monday Night Wars was still very competitive right up until the end in the UK, and you had like Sky Sports versus Channel 5, like, yeah. it was still very competitive. I do remember kind of because that's when I kind of lost interest the first time, just because it just wasn't available anymore. Mm-hmm. It just it went off, obviously, WCW ended, and then I think Channel 4 lost the rights sometime in the middle of the invasion angle, yeah. So it took me a good five years to work out what happened there. Um, but no, um, so when I, when I finally got Sky, but yeah, so that was my background. I think I was just a WCW that guy because it was it was first. I'm I'm very tribal when it comes to that. Not not that that yeah, tribal was, like we see these days, but like pretty much the same yeah. as me with because it was the first one and it was the only one we had access to because we didn't have Sky, but we had a satellite box that got TNT. Yeah. So it was like we were just flicking through channels and it was all of a sudden on. And it was like, okay, well, we know that next week at this time it's going to be on again. Yeah, and just kind of watched it a lot of it out of order, maybe miss a few weeks, but it didn't really matter because you just kind of you're there to yeah. just enjoy the wrestling, right? Exactly. Yeah, it was it was just wrestling, and it was because the reason we were so far behind. It was like especially when the radicals moved across and Jericho <laughs> moved across. Like, what is going on here? Like, <laughs> and then Haku. What is this? Yeah. <laughs> all the big It's all about enjoying the wrestling. So, uh, Sam Shark versus Scott Norton. <laughs> I yeah. It, <laughs> this is it. I can't defend this is it. yours. I, I love I love John Tenter with all my heart. I think John Tenter was awesome. I loved I just he, what's the appeal for John Tenter? Not that not, not, not he's, he's just great. a massive lad that smashes shit up. Fucking earthquakes to beefy boy. He's a fucking he's a human earthquake. What's your problem with John? <laughs> I ain't got a problem. 
I ain't got a Malfunction The man job. was born at 40 years old. Look, yeah, that's that's the big appeal for me, trying to work out how old he is. Like, how old is he at this? Like, 20, 21, 22? Yeah, like, he probably wasn't that old. He yeah. can't be that, that old at all. But my favourite part is when he does the gun show, where, like, he has the muscles, but he doesn't have any muscular build. But he'll do the whole, oh, I'm strong, boy. If you want, if you want something. Well, he was a sumo wrestler. I know, but I liked strong. how he did that. It, oh, was yeah. a, it, it was funny when but he had like, no muscle definition. But one of the weirdest things I noticed in this episode, and I kind of went and had a look through a couple of other of the singlets. Um, for some reason in this period, whoever did his gear, like his, his ring gear, they did a, because he's the shark and, you know, he's got the shark teeth painted on yeah. and he's got the shark tattoo slapped over his old tiger and he's kind of same old singlet and there's a, it says like the shark on the back. It's kind of been bitten in half. And then you see a shark like a, it's only small, but there's a shark like this big in the middle of his back. The shark's all angry. There's blood coming out of its mouth, but it has a set of perfect teeth. I was like, I, I kept pausing it, like, what? <laughs> like, the designer was like, yeah, no, that's cool. And it's just this row of like perfectly flat, yeah. straight human teeth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. happy his, his first thing I was I was intrigued by because it it's it's what I imagine if you ask someone like, oh, can I be Finn Balor for Halloween? And then yeah. someone else just does the, <laughs> does the first thing for you and you look and think, Okay, well, I'm going to have to go like this now. It's too late. <laughs> 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 I, just, I, I hate the shark gimmick. I wish we could have kept Avalanche. Um, they but... couldn't because WWF got involved and they were like, stop yeah. it. We own the exclusive rights to natural disasters in wrestling. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I could have sworn I was expecting a natural disaster. The shark was... Shark was just an odd one, wasn't it? Like, yeah, it, it just the, doesn't seem like a very sharky guy. It, yeah, <laughs> it's the face paint that does it for me because it's like the guy. If you if you treat him right and weren't making him, um, I, you could make him into a much more threatening guy. Like he has the aura of somebody like you know Killian Dane gives off a yeah. similar aura. Like they're just that big menacing guy, and that's what you could have done with Tenta, but instead they went shark. You've seen those, you've seen those shark puppets from that TV show with the sharks and the the motorbiking sharks or whatever. From Street sharks, yeah. Street, Street sharks. sharks, yeah. It basically just went, John. Have we got the fucking gimmick for you? <laughs> John Arley's ears just pricked up there. <laughs> stand, stand down, John. Stand down. Wrong job. I like how uh, I just like how Luke just gave John Tenter a complete summary. Going, he's not a very sharky guy. <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you were just gonna, you're gonna pick a, an animal for animal spirit for John. Fair Peter, I wouldn't have gone with. Yeah, I just wouldn't have gone with Shark. What animal like, would you would you have gone with, Lou? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Now he's a, he's a very hairy man, isn't he? So you could yeah. go with like some sort of like silverback or bear or something like that. Like, maybe like yeah. I, I just would have called him Tenter. Tenter. Just he does do Tenta. that near the end. He just goes. I'm sick of being animals and gimmicks yeah. and shit. I'm just, John I wouldn't Tenta. have gone. I wouldn't have gone with John Tenter. I would have just gone with Tenter. Tenta. I, I would have made him just badass. No, but that would that would have yeah. moved into tentacles, and then yeah. it would have been another. So obviously, that, someone just loved to see. The second <laughs> somebody <laughs> said it, it'd be like, yeah. "That's it. Get get some big slimy arms yeah. on the go." Yeah. Tenter. <laughs> but if you could make him like a barroom brawler, because that's what basically Scott Norton is hyped as. You know, the, the, he's an arm wrestling world champion. He's just mm. that tough motherfucker. And it's there's kind of a disconnect when he's facing a comic book shark that's just a the, the nicest way. And I'm allowed to say it, the fat guy. Like, 
the vignettes to build up tenter as a bar fight. I like the idea of somebody walking into a bar and just like accidentally knocking over somebody's glass. It turns out to be Tenter's drink. Have you... Like it's just like the tenter eats the glass. <laughs> it's left. Have you seen fights the, everyone? The interview with him though. Have you seen how soft spoken oh, John he's Tenter lovely. is? The, he's a lovely. the interview when he leaves Sumo in Japan and he's interviewed by his local hometown, like local Canadian TV station. And they're like, so why are you giving up sumo? And he's just like, oh, well, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm looking to change up my career. And, and as a foreigner, it's, it's really hard to, he's so soft-spoken. He's so smiley and happy and cheery. And you're looking at him and he looks like he's 50 and he's genuinely about 22. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, man, like, how do you then go from that to just being like, ah, in a wrestling <laughs> ring and like yeah. being earthquake, right? It's weird I didn't kind of lean into the, the sumo thing. Maybe they could have given a sumo yeah. gimmick, but then I don't know if they could have done it in a, in a sensitive way in the 90s. Yeah, so it's probably for the best did. that they didn't do. Like, they wait. nearly did in 1994 in WWF because he, his last match in the WWF, it was he versus Yokozuna in a sumo wrestling match yeah. that he won. Yeah, he would have fucking destroyed him because yeah, Yokozuna wasn't yeah. a sumo wrestler. And they're like, here we go yoko versus earthquake for a feud let's friggin go and then 10 to left it's like the first lockup like it's not even like the first shove tent would have just gone whip it and no matter yokozuna's weight he would have just gone like it's just... yeah it's true it's so it's brilliant just see the size of the calves of some of the guys like sumo i've been watching a lot more of it but like the big guys sure like really really big guys but like the legs are just like the size like tugboats. But it's just like you could punch that and break your hand. It's nuts. Carzilla <laughs> in the house. Uh, Shark versus Scott Norton is our next match of the night. We haven't even gone through it. I'm just sat gushing about Gushing about <laughs> Shark. Oh my God. Perverts. Big beefy boys battle. It's my, my summary. Norton hits a lovely top rope shoulder block before slamming the Shark for a two. We cut to Bobby Heenan. Bobby Heenan's oh. doing something very interesting yeah. here. Where's the weasel? Where's the weasel yeah. at? He's because he's disappeared between matches. And there he is in the crowd having a lovely candlelit bit of sushi with Sonny Ono. Well, he's not having any of it. I... Well, no, because there's a bit where like he where Sonny Ono is watching Heenan to make sure he enjoys it, and he like picks him up, throws it over his shoulder, <laughs> and then goes, mmm, yeah. yummy. <laughs> ono is distracted by somebody like tapping him. He's just like. <laughs> pretending to eat it. So big shout here to Bobby Heenan, who is wearing uh, a yellow tie over a denim shirt. It is a, a look that is so 90s. Like, it makes my teeth rattle. I love it. Uh, anyway, back to the match. More on that later. Uh, they punch each other up the ramp, do Shark and Scott Norton, and it's a double count out. I've written in block capitals, beefy lads! <laughs> <laughs> Norton bounces Shark's head off the WCW sign. Shark returns the favour. Did you hear that, sir? It sounded like a Tibetan gong. <laughs> uh, team, thoughts on Shark versus Scott Norton? Shite. You know, all that, all that build. Shite. Seven weeks of build from yeah. September 11th all the way till now. <laughs> <laughs> For what? My way on the highway. <laughs> Double count out. Double count out. They battered. Yeah, it's interesting well. how they, they, they put over the WCW sign on anything else. On commentary, um, yeah. by this point, like the WCW sign was was the star of it. That was the big solid steel. Um, that was their steel steps, event, really. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah, that was the big thing. Was yeah. steel steps. Um, we cut back. Sabu. <laughs> I mean, there is, using them. Just throwing people, throwing them across the people. We cut back to Bobby Heenan. He is talking to Sonny Ono, and the and the thing here is that Bobby Heenan 
is trying to strike a deal with Sonny Ono to get New Japan Pro Wrestling representation in WCW. This is building to a thing, believe it or not. Um, and Bobby Heenan is talking about all the shows that he can get his New Japan clients on, to which Bobby Heenan says... He mentions Nitro and then mentions Saturday night's main event. <laughs> and then quickly goes Sunday <laughs> night's, <laughs> Sunday <laughs> evening's Sunday main evening. event. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bobby. Uh, there's a handshake and an envelope gets handed to Heenan. And he then puts it into his shirt and then continues to pretend to enjoy yeah. sushi. Oh, but bless Bobby. Was dropping Saturday night's main event in there. Which is at this point a, a defunct WWF pay-per-view. <laughs> Event rather, I miss Saturday night's main event as a thing. It came back, it didn't work. It sucks that it didn't work because I liked that the one that I remember they did where they brought it back. It was one show where they had Shane McMahon versus Shawn Michaels, yeah, in the main. Yeah, the opening match it was the WrestleMania main events fighting each other. So it was Kurt Angle, Randy Orton, and Rey Mysterio versus Triple H and John Cena. Can they coexist? The problem with Saturday Night's main event format is that it worked back in the day because the concept was, you know, it was going to be an SNL style slot. You want to preload with all the big shit. So get your main event on first and then peter out and do some more storyline stuff, but then go out with a bit of a band with like an unexpected good match, mm. like at 2 a.m. or whatever. But you, we've been so kind of spoiled for wrestling in general but then almost it's pavlovian now where you know well we start with the undercard and then you work your way through about 98 minutes of promos and then you you, it's just a slog all the way to the main event if you want to watch that main event you're just sat all night checking your watch but then when you preload it for the modern audience they go i was awesome turn off Mm. this is there's not enough to keep you around it's like here's here's a huge main event Bye. <laughs> yeah, because the card that Tom mentioned was quite good all the way through because he had Stone Cold and, and JBL doing a, in a beer drinking contest. Yeah. That was the middle, wasn't it? And then yeah. I think like two or three episodes later, the main event was like, I think it involved, I can't remember what it was, but it involved CM Punk, but also Doink the Clown and Viscera. Yeah. I think Kane might have been about it as well. well. <laughs> and yeah. that was that was the main event because obviously we don't get the context. We were probably watching it on Sky Sports like the next day or something. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I think it was like Edge versus CM Last Man Standard or something ridiculously good at the beginning and then yeah it kind of goes down to the freak show I, I want to say Greg Kelly was in there I think it was just all the tall lads and CM Punk from ECW at the time how do you feel about like AEW doing sort of more of those Saturday Night's main event-esque specials in 2022 I like it I like it I like it, I like it. you know it's an event you don't have to pay for that still feels like a big deal mm. and and yeah it means less pay-per-view which means pay-per-views are more important and it can be grander, can have more of a spectacle to them and probably run bigger venues because, well, shit, the demand's there for tickets. Yeah, there's a big demand for tickets yep. on the whole for, for AE dub more than anything else. Um, so, Tony Schiavone is in the ring. And I think, team, I think this is his Nitro debut. I, Because I, he's not been on comms because mm. we've had Bischoff, uh, Mongo and Heenan on commentary. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we've seen Schiavone on... WC Dub Nitro at this point until now. I'm sure we've we will have heard his voice through recap, but yeah, we we've not heard we've not seen him in ring. But this is his first big kind. It's of his first thing promo, right? Yeah, not well, Shivani's yes, kind yeah. of promo. <laughs> yeah. Um, we get photos of the Flair Sting Pillman Anderson fun from Halloween Havoc, 
And what fun it was. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, You know, you had Sting uh, coming out, having to be the valiant babyface, taking on both Pillman and Anderson. And then, you know, Flair's been attacked. What's he going to do? He's going to try and fight them two on one. This is not going to end well for, oh, my God, his Flair is all bandaged up. He's limping down all the way of the ring. And Sting's crawling and he's getting caught and he's crawling and he's getting caught and he's crawling and finally gets the Flair and he makes the hot tag and then... Flair just stamps on him. <laughs> the crowd goes fucking wild. The crowd <laughs> loves it. They eat every, and even here when they're talking about it in this promo, you know, you get all your usual four horsemen garbage, like just it's all in there. All the, the, yep. the, you know, your catchphrases and everything that needs to be said in there. Uh, but even then, when when it's like, and then Flair came down and, and Arn's explaining it all. And even then the crowd's going, woo! And gentle cheers with a little bit of booing. Just yeah. peppered in. Mm, it's great. That spot is just it's beautiful to watch it live. So after the recap of it. Um, oh, by the way, the photos are courtesy of WCW Magazine. So let me think about this for a second. WCW Magazine is able to get photos from the event quicker than Eric Bischoff, the executive producer, is able to get video from the event. Just wanted to put I, that out I there. I think that's what we call marketing your magazine. It's well marketing, yeah. that is. Well good marketing. <laughs> I also am that person that calls out silly buggers. I was thinking the same thing. Like, I know that Terno is a big organisation, but there's got to be some... Did someone just leave the tips? Stranger things happen. I think that's how Cornette got so many of his, like, tapes, was that somebody was just throwing them out one day. And he went, yeah. All right, I keep back in my car. They're yeah. my property now. See you later. <laughs> Master tapes. Yeah, just when Bischoff's getting the car, like, shall I take that tape from me? Like, no, I'll just get someone to send it later. That that seems more, much more efficient. I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, this brings out Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, and Brian Pillman. They're throwing up the four horsemen hand gesture. Uh, they mock Sting getting a shoe in last night. Pillman is in his absolute pomp here, oh. like reenacting rolling Sting. around the floor and reaching for the hot tag. Yeah. Pillman references the signal of excellence, Dynasty, the greatest team on God's green earth. Anderson says everybody asks when he's putting this back together and he gives us the classic, be careful what you wish for. There it is. As Anderson praises Flair, Anderson praises Sting, Flair and Pillman reenact Sting's hot tag from the pay-per-view, which is lovely. Um, Anderson says there's three, soon there will be four. And then a hyped up Ric Flair screams, whether you like it or don't like it, learn and love it. It's the best thing going today, saying next Monday, the horsemen are in town. He doesn't just do that. When he gets given the mic, it's completely unintelligible. He just kind of goes, and it's like, whether you like it or you don't. I love how we all see Ric Flair on his crazy old man. But then you go back like 25 years and you he's think that he was a crazy old man in his 40s. Like, are you sure his 30s and 20s as well? Like, it's like what we imagine him in school. Within <laughs> like three years, Shut he's going to be pants. fucking dropping an elbow on his own jacket in the middle of the ring and being sent to a mental asylum while you know his son is conspiring with Stacey Keebler. To, it, oh, Christ. Interestingly, all this anger is going on whilst Brian Pillman's in a bit of legal bother. Really? Mm-hmm. So Brian Pillman's DUI case in Cincinnati got plea bargained this past week down from reckless driving. He was given a $25 fine and one year probation. He has to participate in a three-day driving program and is expelled from driving until he does so. I guess he's lucky that it was in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. 
Local football hero, right? <laughs> they went, oh, go on, Brian. Go on, Brian. Have a point on us. <laughs> no, you know, it's 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 one of those things where you, you just hate to see it at, at any level. And and mm. especially around this time. I mean, what Magnum TA uh, yeah. had happened fairly recently or was about to happen. Like, there was so much, uh, so many instances that you don't need to explain it. Don't Just don't fucking drink and drive, right? Don't take yeah. drugs and drive. Mm-hmm. Bischoff says next week WCW is live and interactive and we as fans, you Lewis you Sam, me Tom we get to choose the matches so how this I, I, they didn't quite fully flesh out how this is going to work they don't need to because then people will pick holes in the fact that it's all a sham well this is what they've told us <laughs> which sounds like it might be a it's sham. like cyber sunday it's everybody spamming one thing and they're like oh it's the oh everybody wanted this 90 percent of the vote it's actually it's actually a fair point to go like a lot of times we can't be trusted with nice things a great example is today at the office where with our christmas party oh, looming well, by the time you oh, hear is that, this, has that not happened yet? Is it, is it no, happened? by the time by the time this goes out, it's happened. <laughs> yeah, we've probably all been fired. Um, but by the time this goes out, it will have happened. But this morning, Adam said, "Oh, I'm putting together a Spotify playlist for the party. You can add to it from wherever you are." And oh, it very quickly became wrestling themes. It's, it's just Travis. Oh, okay. <laughs> just non-wrestling songs. Uh, the, I, the I, I added uh, my takeaway Christmas jingle song. I added the, the full audio book of Macbeth. Yeah. <laughs> and then Adam promptly closed the playlist and went, we'll just use the pre-made one. And I, was <laughs> <laughs> I started adding songs that, that, that ragged on Mitch Wadden. In quick succession, I added I Hate You. Then a song called Mitch, and then a song called Wadden, Wadden Wing or something. <laughs> so I think it was around this point. And after, I think somebody added like an interview with Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. And it was at that point where we went, yeah, we're just going to have a pre-selected one. We're not allowed nice things in this office. I'm more confused. These are available on Spotify. How dare you? I'm sorry. <laughs> they're doing this interactive show this is all i know so far there's going to be wrestlers in two distinct locker rooms a red one and a blue one and i guess you'll decide who you want to see against who from each locker room and he kind of he doesn't he give he's like this person's on this side yeah so i've got the full list here so i've got the full list for the interactive nitro next week so in the red locker room we've got bubba rogers scott norton rick flair the blue bloods shark meng and dudupi that's the red locker room. In the blue locker room, it's Randy Savage, Sting, Jim Duggan, Johnny B. Bad, and the Nasty Boys. So presumably, you match them up. But then there's one locker room that's got more people in than another. Greg, how, uh, how do you vote? It's got Bubba Rogers and Sharp. Yeah. You don't even need to mention Meng or DDP. It's got Bubba Rogers and You Sharp. can't put them in the same locker room. See what happened last time? <laughs> Bad each other. <laughs> Bad planning. Yeah, but how do, how do we... 
lose right like how do we how do we vote like yeah there's, there was no internet back in that day was it he didn't really go into the detail i'm going to assume that for every match you need to pick somebody out of the red locker room it's like 50 and then, 50 yeah. everybody across red red, red. <laughs> yeah. green peppers or red tomatoes yeah that'd be great yeah just hold the cards <laughs> i presume i presume you just pick one wrestler out of the red locker room and one wrestler out of the yeah. blue locker room yeah each time. But, but how do we pick them is it by mail order? No, no, I don't know. <laughs> what do I look like, Eric Biscoff? Come on, Eric. Eric Biscoff. I hope it's Eric. I delivering the results. Isn't the same guy delivering this bloody footage there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have voted, but we'll find out next week. Actually, all fucking week. Thanks, Dennis. It's just next week. Everyone's just awkwardly sat there, just waiting for the results to come. Like we will, we will start at some point. Oh. Uh, Monday Nitro Fever. It's Disco Inferno o'clock. Oh, it's 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 old Glenn. <laughs> oh, it's our mate Glenn. Our mate uh, Glenn. Fucking Glenn. I've, who... I've weirdly I've got real life heat with um with Disco Inferno. He's got Same. Heat everybody. He, yeah. Where's got, where's your real life heat he come from? So it was from. <laughs> mine was from the uh the the wrestles on forums. Circa. 2007 to 2008 oh, or something. It's like, I don't want to brag. I was a pretty big deal on the wrestlers on forums back then. <laughs> I went all the way to administrator. Um, and they got this, they did this weird thing where they were bought by, I think it's like, I can't remember what the company was. Um, but they, they were bringing in like ex-wrestlers to just kind of do like interviews, but on the, on the message boards. But right. it was all people who just hated wrestling fans. So it was Conan, <laughs> Disco Inferno. Former announcer Scott Hudson. Um, I can't remember the other fella. Oh, Eugene was the saddest one because Eugene popped up and everyone was like, oh, I'm so sorry you were loving with such a shit gimmick. And then he was like, yeah, it was my idea, guys. And he left. Oh. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Discord Fair just shot everyone. He was like, I, I hate you, Max. I hate wrestling. Um, it's good because wrestling hates ask, him too. Ask questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the feeling Abandoned. is very mutual. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Uh, but hey, as we've said on the on numerous episodes of this now, you can't deny. Oh, you wanted, guy... to, you wanted to see him get the shit kicked out of him. We still do. And that's Great the battle. I feel. Yeah. That's the crack. I want Tom to beat up Disco Inferno. I'd love a go. Soon. That's what I'd like. Soon. I'd love a go. Yeah. I'd rather get Keith Lee to do it because it's. No, it needs to be you. I'll, I'll... I want to see you just boxing Disco Inferno's face in. I could do a stud while screaming Disco Fever at him. I did a stutter that time. <laughs> at least he was like full disco inferno guy at this point. Because mm. like by the end he was still disco inferno, but he was part of the end of the world. It's gotta be the, the the proof that you've jumped the shark completely when disco inferno becomes part of your stable. And it's not a disco themed stable. Yeah. I think that's then, uh, <laughs> do you go back to his rail name? Like does does Glenn sound like a cool end of the world? <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that right, Glenn? Radley Savage, Glenn. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. He's stuck between a rock and a hard place. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. World Championship Wrestling wages World War III. Three rings and three giants. One battle royal. It's WCW's World War III. Sunday, November 26th, live and only on pay-per-view. Call your local cable operator for availability. I got giddy with excitement because it was Disco Inferno versus Sabu. I thought, great, I was, Sabu's going to kill it. Yeah, Sabu's going to murder it. <laughs> oh, it didn't happen. Um, he dances around Sabu for a bit, does Disco, and then Sabu just clobbers him. It's a leg larry and a springboard dropkick. Disco gets a little bit of offense in, does a dance, gets wiped out. Springboard leg drops, Sabu wins. Um, and then the finish happened. And right, so... Hmm. So what happens next is well, you weird. Get, you get somebody in the crowd who's been holding up a sign that says uh, Sabu WCW's Evil Knievel. And Bischoff, I believe, goes, that's right. He is the Evil Knievel. As the sign says, the guy's crazy. You never know what he's got. Tables and chairs. And down comes Sabu, who's ran off up the ramp. And he just launches a table off of Disco Inferno's face. And at that point, I was like, Terry, well done. Very well done, Sabu. Very, very well done. Uh, they have a little bit of a fight. There was Sabu a bit. There was a bit before that. The table up a bit. There was a bit before that where Sabu went to do a springboard hurricane rana. Oh no, we don't talk about that. I think we should talk about the springboard hurricane rana. So he <laughs> does this, and, and Lou, I think you might have seen this as well. He does this. So he does a dive over the top rope, presumably to hit hurricane rana. But it looks like Disco Inferno turns it into a power bomb. Yeah. But Disco acts like he was hurt. Yeah, but no, Quiet. the way that I felt when I was watching it back was that he kind of went over, but instead of, instead of Disco, let's just blame Disco, instead of Disco, disco. being in position, yeah. um, Sabu comes down both legs on one side of the shoulder, so Disco kind of falls forward, then Sabu lands on his back, so it looks kind of like an incidental powerbomb, mm. but then from that point, Sabu runs off up the ramp, grabs the table, launches it off his face, uh, lays him out on it, and then Disco, of course, moves because he's a wily little bastard, and uh, Sabu just goes. Hey, well, the nice thing about this is that little kid in the front yes. row just laughing the entire time. Like, <laughs> the entire <laughs> the entire audience were on Sabu's side as well. They were like really starting to turn and really enjoy, like Sabu, Sabu. And then yeah, he hits the table, uh, doesn't break, and it's just, <laughs> it's just, like, just Nelson Muntz's kid just at the front, just screaming, <laughs> laughing. But I loved as well as like. Because I think Bischoff has said in his podcast that he wasn't really didn't really get Sabu. Yeah, and there's a bit where he goes like, "Oh, you meant to say gravity defying." He goes, "Gravity defying." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, sorry. It's like, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sabu's what, gone. What a strange. I I guess it's the whole idea that they're saving Disco, getting a real shellacking for down the road. Yeah, there's somebody they're going to bring in. You know, Sabu's in the company, but as we know, he's not going to be with the company for very long. 
Um, it, it's Disco is the type of person you need a Goldberg for, where you know you're going to get somebody over for for just pasting him. Absolutely, so. we look forward to it. Uh, we come to our main event of the evening, bizarrely. Um, Lex Luger and Meng versus American males, American males, American males. No, you're not singing! American males, American males. American males, American males, American males. All right, stop! And no, no, buff, buffy boy gets in the old ring, turns to the camera and goes, American males. <laughs> Just in case you don't know who they are. It, it wasn't clear. Like, Scott, he's just like... appears oh, across the bottom. Yes, American yes, male. Yes. Luger and Meng come out together with Jimmy Hart and the Taskmaster. Lex Luger, now full fat heel and part of the Dungeon of Doom. Do we think this is an attempt to make Dungeon of Doom a little bit more serious? Maybe. Uh, because, yeah. because it's all been very Luger mystical and magical. Yeah, but I, I I don't know if it's more of a they can corrupt the incorruptible type thing because Luger was obviously, you know, before he was with WCW, he was big Mr. American hero. Mm. Uh, that kind of carries over. He's, I don't know if it's that kind of thing or whether it's maybe, you know, showing the dark side to Luger and Luger's just siding with them simply because, you know what, fuck this, it's my time. Mm-hmm. And he's using them as a vehicle to push himself a bit further before he ditches them too. Yeah. 20 it minutes. does give him a little bit more credibility, though, doesn't it? Oh, if yeah. Got, um, he's been like, so bland. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan, bless him, just looks like a mini Hulk Hogan. He looks like Randy <laughs> Hogan. Uh, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> why, why is he wearing the same colours? Is that part of the story? Or is that... I think it's the, I think it's part of the story that, like, Taskmaster's almost like a bit of Hogan that's Bizarro evil. Hogan. Yeah. Like it's why he's like a lynx node that's fallen off Hogan. And, yeah. and, and, and Taskmaster is wearing the colours. So it, it could be symbolic. I mean, Sullivan does think very deeply about that sort of thing, but would probably never, ever admit to it. Because now Hogan's in the black and white. Like, maybe he's absorbed the colour from Hogan. Yeah. Like Space Jam. But, like yeah. Space Jam, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Stolen oh, no. his powers. <laughs> yeah. 20 minutes from now, on the other channel, uh, WWF are about to retcon a major part of Lex Luger's WWF history. 20 minutes from now on Raw. Because on Raw in the main event, uh, we have um, we have Yokozuna run out to attack Razor Ramon. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, kid endeavors to make the save and gets flattened. And then we have the Raw debut of Ahmed Johnson. Barrels to the ring. Stands behind Yokozuna. Yoko turns round and in one quick move, he slams Yokozuna in the center of the ring. And Ahmed Johnson looks like a fucking star on the other channel right now fucking star and i don't think that that was accidental i think that this having art having armored johnson be the guy yeah. that now slammed yokozuna it i kind I, of pushes lugas i history. get it yeah. but, but ultimately who are you doing that for because vince is doing it for himself obviously yeah, but like luga doesn't give a shit no, he doesn't. Luger couldn't care less. But this is such a Vince thing to do. Oh, yeah. To go, oh, he did it better than you. <laughs> he held him for a whole extra half second He's before he dropped better him. than you. you I imagine Yokozuna was a, a heavier boy at this point, right? Because he yeah, was just yeah, yeah. growing. Yeah. But, yeah, so Ahmed, so Ahmed is about to, to slam Yoko in about 20 minutes' time whilst this, this heel turn Luger gets his first run out. And here's the thing, right? 
Luger turning heel should have been a much bigger deal than it was, but it was lost in the weird fucking main event. And then, Lou, you watch this on... He's going to flip-flop five, six more times before it's all said and done anyway. Yeah. So get, they get another yeah. shot at it. But do you not think when, when, when you covered it on Wrestling Around, Lou, like, it's the whole thing that um, you have the Yeti coming out, and as the Yeti's walking out to the ring, the heel turns happen, and the cameras have missed it. Well, yeah, it's because... Well, it shows at the end of the show, doesn't it? But it was like, yeah. you have... Jimmy Hart turning on Hogan, which should be a big deal in itself. Yeah. And then, then the Yeti's coming out, and then, like the commentator's like, oh, by the way, also, Luger just turned heel, don't know if you saw that. Yeah. But yeah, Luger, Luger's heel now as well, yeah. So Luger's, uh, Luger's new life now is teeling with Meng and getting beaten up I, by Scotty Riggs, Riggs and Buff Bagwell. I don't know why they didn't leave it with Hart nails the referee, Hart helps the referee up, Luger comes sprinting down with Savage, Luger should have attacked Savage. He did, but that was all they. But there no, was but, so much other stuff. Oh, no, no, because Savage gets in the ring. Uh, oh. Savage gets in the ring, and you have Jimmy Hart then lay him out. You should have had Luger wait till they yeah. get in the ring and then lay him yeah, out. Yeah, I think the, the less people Jimmy Hart lays out, the better, probably yeah. just for the, for, the, for the credibility purposes. Really, because some of those <laughs> some of those shots are so weak. By the way. Like, and, and Hogan's like, I can't sell this possibly, so he just carries on regardless, and then someone else has to tell it. <laughs> I liked, um, it, it reminded me a little bit, they did it so much better in NXT recent, fairly recently, when it was Tony Storm turning heel. And I think it was Tony Storm and Shotzi Blackheart, and they were about to get into the ring to attack a few of the baddies. And they go, come on, let's turn it up, come on, let's go. And then Shotzi rolls into the ring, Tony doesn't, and Tony pulls her back out. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Beautifully done. If Luger had done that, that would have been very cool. But that was many years you're expecting far too much. I am. I am expecting. I'm expecting this to make sense, rather than you know now your number one <laughs> heel to arguably in your top five heels uh, taking a battering from Scotty Riggs and Buff Bagwell in the main event. Riggs gets worked over in a slow main until Riggs dodges his sent on Bagwell hot tag run wild on Luger and Meng. Jimmy distracts the refs and Meng can hit a savat kick on Bagwell. Luger can then apply the torture rack. Luger wins, but it Jesus, it took a bit of getting there to beat American males, American males, American males. At least we're getting the torture rack over though, because I, as shit as it is, I do enjoy the torture rack, and I think it works obviously much better with him as a heel because he just doesn't let go of it. Mm. Eventually, it's just hold it, hold it, hold it. But other it. than that, it is a pretty shit move, and it just stood there it like. Is. But the crowd really, because again, I just love the crowds in this era because they're just so into it, aren't they? Compared yeah. to like what we are these, <laughs> these days, they're so easily impressed. They're like, oh no, they the even pop hard for the cheap pop. It's like, yeah. hello, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, back at commentary after the break, Mongo blasts Cena with some silly string because even though our man nearly died last night, we're having a good time tonight. Uh, no, no, you, didn't, you haven't explained how this happened. Peppy went trick-or-treating. Eric Bischoff, thankfully, thanks to our kind sponsors over at Snickers here at WCW, has a treat to give Peppy, the uh, Chihuahua. Gives him a Snickers? Yeah, gives him a Snickers. But can't eat That's a heel turn. Yeah, it's a heel turn. Bischoff was a heel long before. He's not a dog. He's he's a bat or a witch or something. (laughs) (laughs) And then Heenan's just like... And so he gets silly string because, you know, you're not going to treat, then you're getting tricked. Oh. And then Heenan's just, I love how he gets just sprayed with it. Everybody's been sprayed with silly string, mm. but he's just like, <coughs> <coughs> just pulling it off his face. And Heenan's too good for this. Yeah. I, love good how, I love how Mongo's carry on as well. And Bishop just goes, <laughs> Steve. He <laughs> 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 just <laughs> <laughs> stops immediately. <laughs> come on, come on now, Steve. <laughs> 
We get the sickening footage from last night's Halloween Havoc. Hogan hitting the leg drop on Giant and the Dungeon of Doom invading the ring after Jimmy Hart's heel turn. We then get what Dave Meltzer calls the kinky sandwich from Giant and the Yeti. And I think that's Dave at his comedy finest yes, in the Observer. Yeah, of course. Uh, Dave also says it was meant to be an abominable snowman. They got half of that right. <laughs> <laughs> I one thing I noticed actually that I didn't when we were watching it back was that um, you've got the giant lying on the floor obviously after the leg drop before the while the turn is happening, uh, and as as Hogan is you know back turned to it, he's just like pop set at like, me, just having a quick look around, and then the second he sees Hogan move, he's like play dead again. <laughs> it's quite a, quite a nice comedy <laughs> time and boom, just making sure it's all safe. Um, we get Luger and Savage running out as we've talked about the heel yeah. turn that's completely lost in all of this bollocks. Luger at least gets the final blow by putting Hogan in the torture rack. So yeah. there is at least that. Uh, and then back in the arena, we have the giant standing tall as WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Now they've done such a miserable job of explaining this. Um, but they kind of we kind of get the, the solution here. So Jimmy Hart did all the paperwork for the title match. And in the paperwork, he put the title can change hands on a disqualification. Right. So by Jimmy Hart getting involved in the match by pulling the referee out, because he was Hogan second, He's that counts as Hogan right. getting disqualified. And therefore, the title goes See, to the, the Giants. The problem, the problem therein uh, is that... The, 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 it's complicated as fuck, you're, you're right. Like, like the referee's been pulled out, the referee's out cold. The second the referee gets touched, he's out. Like they don't see anything. And then you've got another referee comes down, but there's never any consequence for the initial act of hitting the referee. That's what wrestling is. There's yep. never, ever any consequence for whatever you do to that first referee before the second one comes out. It's not like you've got Mike Kyoto barreling down of the ring going, I can't believe you did that to Charles. Get out of here. Like, it's yeah, just like, all right, just, here we go. Let's, let's crack they just don't, they just don't watch. They just don't watch backstage. It's just like, <laughs> like it's a referee out, mate, by the way. I'll, I'll go down. But we just can't. <laughs> no idea what's happened. Puts down his little napkin, sits away from the banquet table. <laughs> um, Taskmaster tells us there was evil in Hogan's house. And all the while, we thought that it was Hogan that was evil. It wasn't. It was Jimmy Hart. Hogan is pure, but he was painted black. Because he thought he was dark, and he wasn't. He's so good. The rare white Bengal tiger. He's the rare yeah. white Bengal tiger. I love how they said it was like like house though, because I'm just imagining like Jimmy Howe was like rooming with, with Falcon at the time or something. Just <laughs> in the garage. The way it says, like, yeah, I was there all along. What? <laughs> Every time they open the garage, there's like a red glow coming out of it. Don't worry about that, Daddy. I'm just cooking some chips. King Kurt is just having a gentle conversation. <laughs> I'm having a gentle conversation! <laughs> How's the weather today? Under the door, you've just got all the fog coming through. <laughs> the not hot water. Have you decreased in mass? That's uh, a Simpsons reference. You're welcome to it. The final... Okay, we hear from Luger. Thank fuck! The man that turned heel finally fucking talks! The first thing that Luger did as a heel was sell for Scotty Riggs. Nothing wrong with Scotty Riggs. Selfless, that, love, selfless, you. love you, Scotty Riggs. But my point stands. Luger delighted to see Hogan and Savage in crumpled, pathetic heaps yeah. last night. Giant speaks then, saying nobody is knocking the Giant off the hill and he'll defend the title next week against anybody. 
Scotty Ricks. Well, he does the, the opening line is a rhyme. And I was like, oh, is he going to rhyme it Ooh. out like he's from Jack and the Beat? Nope, it's just the opening line was a rhyme. Just happened to rhyme <laughs> that time. <laughs> the final word from this promo is from the Taskmaster. He says, the cloud of the Dungeon of Doom came over you. Pervert. There's no friends, only foe. This is a fighting champion, gestures to Giant. Next week on Nitro, he will defend his belt. And this is happening whilst Jimmy Hart is running in circles around the Dungeon of Doom, like a very excited child on the plane. This where Sullivan is on one knee and then Sullivan has to get back up. Oh no, because Sullivan pretends he does the Hogan selling, right? Yeah. He's like flopping yeah. around and he's got to get himself back up, but he kind of almost falls forward and he can either grab the Giant's dick or just move his hand in time to use the belt as if it's like literally a wall and he just kind of pushes himself up off the big gold. <laughs> Grab the dick. Grab the dick. Um, what did you think, Lewis, of uh, the, the the words of the, the, the newly minted Dungeon of Doom and their world champion? Oh, it's just a it's just a mess, and it's just a in my mind was I was like, this this storyline doesn't have legs, and I remember it, it goes on till I mean, good luck, guys, but it goes on till like March, like the following year. So <laughs> you've got plenty of time before this storyline actually pays off. Uh... But yeah, it's just it's just so convoluted, isn't it? It was like we'll just turn anyone heel against against Hulk Hogan now yeah. at, at, at this point. So um, I had I don't know. Savage also comes across like a bit of a just a just like Hulk's mate at this point, doesn't he? Like, yeah. I find that the, the character of Hulk Hogan in Nightmare 5 is like, again, like this Halloween Havoc pay-per-view is both one of my favourite and worst things about wrestling because he's just so ridiculous as a, as a human being. The character of Hulk, I mean, obviously Hulk Hogan <laughs> as well. But the, the character of, of Hulk Hogan is it's just so ridiculous. But you almost want a side of him, don't you, with this style? And they've done unspeakable things to him and he's shaved his moustache off. No, that's the... That's it, really. That's, yeah, that's the feud, yeah. But it's weird, like he it feels like he's he's sold a lot but without selling a lot. Like, yeah. the, the, like the, the commentators are telling you how much he's hurting and how selfless he's being and how, how much pain he's in. Hopefully well, that's he it, like, to do that. Yeah, and he, he had like three people <laughs> turn like, him. Yeah. <laughs> he had three people turn him at Halloween Havoc. So why not just lay down for the ones who free? You've been attacked yeah. by about three or four people. So the entire segment, I was almost like Giants just gonna choke something. And then he just no, he just does the bear hugging and obviously the the Yeti come, comes out, but it, it's it's like if you're not going to sell at that point and sell yeah. that, then when, when are you basically? If you're not selling for that, then what's it yeah. going to take? Oh. The entire roster is challenging. Meltzer in the Observer uh, says there were a lot of complaints locally about this episode of Nitro. Oh, I bet they were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because out of the seven matches that were publicly announced, out of the seven that were announced, five didn't take place. Uh, Sabu was meant to wrestle Eddie Guerrero with the Sheik in his corner. Guerrero was moved to the match with Pittman and Sabu without the Sheik uh, replaced Johnny B. Bad facing Disco Inferno. Uh, Harlem Heat were meant to defend their titles against Ric Flair and Sting in the main event. That didn't happen because it was a a worked announcement because of the heel turn. Uh, Heat instead defended their titles in a dark match against the American Males who already worked tonight. Uh, Flair was injured. He didn't work. He did the promo instead. Um, Brian Pillman and Alex Wright was meant to happen, but Alex Wright is injured, and Pillman only did the interview. That's all he did the night. Uh, nothing posted or announced about these changes in the card, nor were refunds given to those unhappy. 
Uh, obviously, you know, card always subject to change, but a lot of people thought WCW were taking the piss with this. This is something that will go on to plague WCW for the remainder of its days. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 it doesn't so much become a habit at this level. Uh, it tends to be more international tours will just be not what you're promised. There'll be an entire poster of people with zero of them appearing. Um, obviously, logistically, they're a lot harder to manage, but house shows, it, it kind of starts coming in dribs and drabs, and then it starts to become politically motivated, and then all of a sudden, shit's just changing on the fly, and, mm. you know, people are buying tickets, getting no refunds, and maybe seeing, you know, a couple of things they slightly interested in, and no way to run things but with everything and how it ends up it's it's no surprise it ends up the way it does yeah they've paid, they've paid for a highlight show that's clearly on this yeah. <laughs> the show <laughs> i don't know if they can see any arena because this was the same era where when mankind and undertake had that backlot brawl i think oh the boiler room brawl yeah it was just a little tvs from school wasn't it they yeah, put down they put down a little thing like there's yeah. no titan shot to watch anything yeah it's just <laughs> oh somebody did it here like just before that that recap, like Bischoff just rolling out like a little TV, like, come on, guys, watch, oh, <laughs> watch this. It's a really long extension <laughs> cable. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, that'll do your homework. <laughs> so that concludes uh, Nitro for this week and the final classic Nitro review of 2021. Yeah. We're going to be taking uh, the rest of the year off for Christmas and all that jazz. Uh, we'll be back in the Brands Bank and New Year to continue. But I would love to thank uh, Lewis Markham for being a part of the show today. Lewis, it's been Ace to have you, mate. Yeah, thank you, thank you for up. I didn't uh, didn't ruin it. Oh, um, oh mate, you're ruining really really awesome. experience. Oh, thank you very much, Plug the podcast. Plug all your things. Yes. Yes. Plug. So it's just the wrestling around podcast. Search for wrestling around podcast, and you'll find it. And then we have a, a, a Twitch channel, twitchtv around We do the wrestling around wrestling federation um, every oh, every Wednesday at half seven. Um, what's the main event now? Oh, Big Metal Gorilla is facing Business Horse at Restaurant Kingdom in January. Business Horse? Business, business horse. horse. Yeah. Um, Please tell me it's a horse in a suit. That's literally what it is. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I'm Team Business Horse. A, a Big Metal Gorilla is a Big Metal Gorilla. Um, another, so, another horse <laughs> in a suit. <laughs> yeah, Twitch.tv forward slash Restaurant. They're all but, horses in suits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, John is there. Just, yeah, listen to the, to the podcast. It's, it's, it's okay. Hey, hey, look, on behalf of business horses everywhere, once again, (laughs) I want to thank you for supporting what we do. Like, we're we're here because, you know, of of lovely folk like yourself who want to uh, commit to the bit, and you have done so. Thank you so much. Uh, If you'd like to do what Lewis has done today, you can do so by finding out more at patreon.com forward slash Coltaholic. And until we are next together, do you have a handle on Twitter, Lou? I do. It's just at at Lou Markham. It's very straight to the point. Yeah. So when I do the finish, I can go until we are next together. He is at Lou Markham on Twitter. He is at Lester Find on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. <laughs> we are at Coltaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. We're out of From Sullivan, my son, I've done the dishes. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 